Hello and welcome. I'm Sri Roy with Sleep Review, and I'm thrilled to be here with Timmy Tayo Oyebile Chitty, MD, PhD. She is a board chair of the National Sleep Foundation Board of Directors, a role she started on July 1st. She is also an associate professor, Department of Neurology at UC Davis. Her practice and research focus on epilepsy and sleep disorders in children and young adults and include functional neuroimaging research on children with epilepsy. She also lends her expertise as an adjunct Department of Neurology at Georgetown University Hospital. Today, we are chatting about sleep health. Please describe your involvement with the National Sleep Foundation over the years. Sure. So thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And this is a, a nice opportunity to be able to have a, a discussion with you. So uh, National Sea Foundation, I've been involved with the National Sea Foundation since 2016. I actually got involved because I had been um, working as a physician for several years. And I noticed that a lot of patients would say to me, wow, I didn't know that we need to get X amount of sleep. And wow, I didn't know these things. And how come you visit your physicians know all this, but somehow we don't know it? And so one thing that was very special about National Sea Foundation around that time when I was looking around to see how do we advocate for our patients and make sure that we get sleep health out to our patients, I realized that this organization, National Sea Foundation, actually focuses primarily on sleep health and sleep advocacy. And so at that time, I got involved with it, with this organization by specifically becoming a fellow, a sleep health policy fellow. And what we would do was that we'd go to Capitol Hill in, um, in DC and advocate for positive sleep health with different groups of individuals like, you know, positive sleep health and veterans or positive sleep health in the military or, you know, in rural communities uh, and, and things like that. And so we really were focusing on how to get the message out to the public health, so to people out there, as well as making sure that policies on Capitol Hill also incorporate sleep. So that was the beginning, and I really loved my my time there. I was there for two years uh, doing um, health policy work, and then I was elected to the board of directors of the National Sleep Foundation in 2019, and then I became chair this year. Uh, I really enjoyed working with National Sleep Foundation, and one thing I think is really special and unique about this organization is that they're a nonprofit organization, as you know, but because they're specifically dedicated to improving health and well-being um, through sleep education and advocacy, they are probably one of the few or probably only organizations that specifically focus on sleep health in the general public. Um, so yes, this is why I've stayed involved with this organization and hope to continue to be involved with it as long as you're happy. You are a neurologist as well as a sleep and epilepsy specialist. How did your interest develop in understanding sleep disorders in relation to coexistent neurologic and psychiatric conditions? Sure. So um, my, I, I kind of knew when I was in medical school that I would probably go into neurology because my PhD work was in the field of epilepsy. But then I had a, there was this uh, talk given during my medical school on sleep, and I found it so fascinating, it was one of our lectures, to find out that sleep is actually a very active time. We always think that when we're sleeping, it's a time when everything is kind of shut off and everything is kind of like uh, offline, basically. And to find out that there's so much going on, it's a time to reset, it's time to recharge, 
it's a time to um, restart things that had kind of like wound down. It's time to get rid of toxins in the brain, things like that. It was really, really fascinating and exciting. And then um, to find out that for, for me, with my interest in going into epilepsy, I found out that there was a, a significant connection between sleep and epilepsy, such that people who have epilepsy, they're more likely to have, more likely to have seizures. If they don't sleep enough and, you know, getting good sleep was really important to improving their epilepsy health, their seizure health, made me realize that, wow, this could be, this could actually play a role in several other neurologic and psychiatric disorders. And so that's where I kind of got hooked. I did a fellowship in sleep at Northwestern with Dr. Phyllis Z. And uh, from there on, I, I continued to stay involved. And as we know now, there are many, many disorders associated with sleep, many uh, even even um, non-neurologic disorders, but from a neurologic standpoint, you know, just multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, we're finding there's so many disorders, stroke, there's so many disorders neurologically that are associated with sleep. From a psychiatric standpoint, uh, you know, mood disorders in general, um, bipolar, you know, depression and anxiety, uh, schizophrenia, they're all related to sleep, having uh, imp- improved sleep improves these disorders. And we're even finding that other non-neurologic disorders, such as like diabetes, um, can can really, and weight loss or obesity, uh, can be a huge, um, can, uh, sleep can play a huge role in them. And so this is what makes sleep so fascinating, and that is that we are just beginning to understand, we're just beginning to, you know, uh, is we, we're just seeing right now the tip of the iceberg in terms of how much sleep is involved in our daily health. And so, um, yeah, this is how I kind of got involved with it. And I I stayed involved and, you know, been very active in uh, sleep neurology since then. That is very fascinating. Uh, What areas of sleep health interest you the most? Sure. So um, as I kind of had mentioned or was was alluding to earlier, um, I find that uh, sleep health that is related to um, why we sleep, how we sleep, sleep quality, how sleep improves our daily lives, our, our daily health, is really, really what excites me the most. And so this is something that, you know, we often don't always, as physicians, have time to speak with our, our patients about, even though it's so important and we understand it quite well. We tend to find ourselves focusing on a lot of the sleep disorders, like, you know, sleep apnea and such. But you really you realize more and more we're beginning to understand that sleep health as a preventive measure for several different disorders, be it neurologic disorders or non-neurologic disorders, metabolic disorders, etc., um, is really, really important and is an is an area that has really been untapped and should be focused on. We're beginning to see that um, it's possible that Alzheimer's can be prevented by good sleep health. Uh, We're noticing that um, um, sleep, specific sleep uh, patterns are associated with uh, kind of predicting Parkinson's disorders. Um, We're finding that uh, getting good sleep can possibly improve or prevent um, obesity or diabetes type uh, 2 or um, heart attacks, strokes. And so this is really what I'm interested in. I'm trying to some of the research that I do right now is trying to understand how improving sleep, improving sleep quality 
can improve uh, the lives of patients with seizures or epilepsy, which is what I study, but also how it can improve the lives of like individuals who've had concussions in the past, um, individuals who've had other neurologic disorders. And so, um, yeah, that's what interests me the most. I think that's just fascinating. I think there's so much more for us to know. And I think there's so much more for us to kind of research, understand. And this information needs to also get out to the public health, uh, to the public so that we can really all improve our health by just improving and prioritizing our sleep. I love that you're working on research in that area. Where can we improve for sleep health equity? Sure. So sleep health equity is something that is beginning to, we're beginning to understand more and more about, and we're doing a lot more research in this area. We're finding that it turns out that uh, people of color in the U.S. are disproportionately affected by poor sleep and sleep disorders, um, poor sleep health in general. Uh, it's, it's likely, it's possible that it could be because um, individuals of color, especially those who are um, of, have lower economic status, are more likely to have uh, jobs that require, you know, shift work overnight to graveyard shifts. And so they're unable to get, to get as good of sleep as they could. Um, they are uh, more likely to have jobs where you can't necessarily work from home. There are lots of reasons why it's possible that um, that these individuals, people of color, have poor sleep health and more sleep disorders. Um, prioritizing health is really important. And because of this, the National Sleep Foundation has released a position statement that outlines key strategic changes uh, that are needed to achieve sleep health quality. Um, I can go into them in a lot of detail, but suffice it to say, um, there are specific areas to build um, or expand on uh, in terms of like really making sure there is evidence-based, culturally sensitive sleep health resources in different areas, different, different um, uh, neighborhoods, um, so as to kind of provide uh, equitable access to clinical sleep health care. And also, one other thing that's really important that is addressed in our position statement is um, uh, making sure that uh, sleep health equity is discussed across the full continuum of sleep health care delivery. So those are a few of the things that, that, we, that we have addressed um, the, 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 specifically, these three issues that I kind of really focused on, we really need funding in terms of um, getting that research uh, going and kind of understanding a little bit more. We need to uh, work on changing policies on a state level and a federal level. And so these are some things that National Sea Foundation is working on, and we need to really prioritize this so as to improve um, sleep health equity overall. Um, we know that uh, National Sleep Foundation is a leader in sleep health, and so continuing to focus on these kind of underserved and underrepresented communities, uh, making sure that they also have the opportunity to hear about excellent sleep health, or you know what will help them have excellent sleep health, um, is really important, and this is something that we are going to continue striving to achieve. Great. Uh, what projects or initiatives is the National Sleep Foundation working on that you'd like to highlight? Sure. So the National Sleep Foundation is uh, very proud to host the um, our annual um, Drowsy Driving Prevention Week uh, campaign. It's taking place November 6th to the 13th, so we're very excited about this. Um, it, this this uh, campaign, the Drowsy Driving uh, Prevention Week, 
is one of our longest running educational campaigns, and it's it's in its 15th anniversary this year. This year, 2022, marks its 15th anniversary. So um, let me just tell you a little bit about this um, specific week. So for um, Drowsy Driving Prevention Week, what we're trying to do is really kind of connect the work that we do with sleep health with safety. Safety is really key here. And so um, what we do during this annual campaign is that we really kind of focus on reaching out to the public and discussing the importance of having adequate sleep before driving, before getting on the road. And so our campaign theme this year is Sleep First, Drive Alert. Let me say that one more time. Sleep First, Drive Alert. And that's really important because we do know that drowsy driving is impaired driving and it's a risk to the public in general. Um, and so we really want to make sure that every driver gets enough sleep, be it the be it um, teenagers all the way to individuals in their um, 80s, 90s, and above, making sure you're getting adequate sleep so that when you get on the road, you're driving um, alert um, and able to drive safely. The reality is that, you know, drowsy driving is really what we consider in at NSF and in several different other groups, we consider drowsy driving the fourth D, quote unquote, the fourth D, um, among drunk driving, drugged driving, distracted driving, and drowsy driving. And so all of these types of driving are impaired driving, really. And we know that you can't be at your best if you're driving um, uh, with any of these four Ds. So um, one of the, uh, so what, what's really important for National Sea Foundation uh, on our advocacy agenda is to make sure that we really publicize the importance of ensuring that uh, drowsy driving is um, avoided as much as possible. So we're working with policymakers, we're working with industry, we're working with other advocacy groups to make sure that um, we really get this information out to the public and make sure people are aware that this is not just a public health issue, but also a safety issue. So once again, I should tell you, our campaign theme is Sleep First, Drive Alert, because we want to make sure that everyone gets their best slept self. And so to learn more about this, you want to go to our website under the Best Slept Self resource um, and go to um, thensf.org. From there, you can kind of learn steps that you can take every day, day by day, to improve your sleep and to see how um, improving your sleep can have a huge impact on your sleep health and health in general. Great. Uh, you've won a Sleep Health Policy Advocacy Award from the National Sleep Foundation. What are some ways that other healthcare professionals advocate for better sleep? Sure. So getting this award, I would make sure that it focuses on ensuring that we're able to educate the general public as well as healthcare professionals to advocate for, health, for sleep health. Keep in mind, nationally, there are a limited number of sleep physicians. And so what's really important is to make sure that our primary care physicians, our pediatricians, our family practice physicians, our internists, are able to make sure that they, when they're speaking to their patients, they're speaking to them about ensuring that they're having good sleep health. One thing I would focus on is making sure that we all get a sleep history or some kind of information about sleep health at every visit so that we can make sure that our um, healthcare professionals have an opportunity to open up the discussion about sleep. How are you sleeping? 
Um, do you sleep through the night? Do you take naps? Things like that. And it's so important. We, as physicians or healthcare professionals, have always really focused on what we're doing during the daytime. What we're doing, what, uh, what, you know, what illnesses do you notice during the daytime? But we haven't really focused as much on what's going on during sleep. And so if we can start to get everyone, all, the, all our providers, all our physicians, all our nurse practitioners, all our physician assistants, etc., asking about sleep, we would go a long way in getting this information out to the public. Are there any social media handles, websites, anything like that you'd like to share for audience members who want more information? Sure. So um, you can uh, follow the National Sleep Foundation on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Sleep Foundation. And you can also follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn under National Sleep Foundation. And our website is www thensf.org and there also you can find sleep health tips and resources for everyone and anyone to um, get involved with. This would include um, kids and adults and and, um, elderly individuals. We want to make sure everyone is aware of all the options that there are to improve your sleep. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us about sleep health today. You can find Sleep Review at sleepreviewmag.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. 